0: Welcome to the Watoto Church Podcast. Prepare your heart as we explore Scripture and delve into the Word of God. Wonderful, amazing. Come on, let's celebrate Jesus in this place, everyone. Wow, it's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. Come on somebody smile in this place Jesus is alive in this place and I would like to take this moment and welcome down our online family on Air Family Watoto Church come on let's welcome everybody joining us online In Uganda, around the world, and our prayer is that you do have a Merry Christmas and a great 2024. My name is Eddie, and as usual, I love to come to Ochoa Church with my beautiful bride of 16 years. She is my hot, dark chocolate. Today, she's dressed like white chocolate, and I enjoy that each and every day. My beautiful wife right here. Everybody, come on. Let's acknowledge my baby right here. Amazing. Amazing. I love this. And just before I get into God's Word, I'd like to take this moment and welcome Pastor Ken, uh, Kevin, uh, again, and your team. Would you please stand up for us to acknowledge you? Everybody, let's welcome Pastor Ken and the team. Great friends of Watoto. Great friends of Watoto. And uh, if you can notice, there's something different on this stage. There is a big LED screen behind me. And they are responsible for setting it up for us. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you. And all our 17 campuses, one at a time, LED is coming. (laughs) I love Christmas, don't you love Christmas? The trees are set up, the lights are up, and on this stage, a week from now, we are gonna have a special presentation that we give as a gift to the city of Kampala, the Christmas cantata. I'm so excited. I love cantatas, you know. And then again, because of your generosity, we put it up free of charge. It is expensive for us, but it is an amazing gift. And let me tell you why. 24 years ago, I was invited by a friend to come for the Christmas Cantata. I didn't want to come to Watoto Church. I didn't want to come to this building because I had heard that when you come to this place, you are forced to be saved through Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. And so I made it my plan and my mission never to show up in this building. But my friend insisted that there's n- Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames is not every Sunday and told me there's this amazing production. And she knew that I loved music. And I love creativity, creative stuff. And so, you know, I came. I sat upstairs. And that day changed my life. The gospel was presented to me in the way I could feel. And then later, about a couple of months down the road, I would give my life to Christ. And I came in the same seat, sat there, surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. All because somebody invited me to a church that gives a gift to the city, the Christmas Cantata. And you know what? This is personal. And I want us to celebrate the team that puts this together, everybody. Come on, let's celebrate. Everybody does this. Amazing. Amazing. And also, not only is Christmas personal because in that season I got to receive Jesus, but Christmas reveals the character of our God. It does. And last week, we saw that our God is unfailing. And that is part of his character. We say that his word never fails. Before Jesus was born, Angel Gabriel came to um, Mary and spoke to her that she was going to conceive a child. Humanly speaking, it was impossible because she was a virgin, never known a man. But God said through the angel that the power of the Holy Spirit would overshadow her and she would conceive a child. And Luke 1:37, which is a theme verse for all December. For no word from God will ever fail. Don't you love that? No word from God will ever fail. If God has said it, It is as good as done. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. Because God's word is equal to his character. So you can trust God's word for your life. Amen. Has God given you a word in your life? Trust him. In his time, he's going to fulfill his word. Let us pray together. Father, I thank you so much. Because the Christmas story is a demonstration of who you are. You never fail. Your word never fails. Your plan prevails. Your love endures forever. Jesus, I invite your presence in this room, on the airwaves wherever we are around the world. I pray that your word will speak to us, will encourage us, because you are the reason for the season be glorified in Jesus name I do pray and everybody said a big amen let's clap for Colin you know you know he was playing that part and I was feeling let's just go on forever you know I was feeling like it is so nice don't you love people who know how to do their stuff let's appreciate them that's amazing now as I said Christmas reveals the character of God and today you know I'm going to be going to the next level of the character of God now I know next year, a few weeks down the road, many of you in this place, online, around the world, you are going to be making New Year's resolutions. Anybody knows that? But I know many of you in this place, you are like me, you gave up. Because you know by December, you don't even remember your resolutions. (laughs) You know? But you know, as people, we like to plan. And planning is a very, very, very good thing. You know, when I was a young man, I had some plans. You know, I planned that I would marry my first love. That was number one. Number two was, before I got married, I would have my own car. Number three, by 40, I would have a PhD. Now, for those who know, me personally. I failed at one. I never married my first love because God had a better love for me right here. But number two came to pass. I had a car before I married this girl, but guess what? I bought it from her. (laughs) Strategy, strategy. Come on, single people, you know what I'm talking about right now. Talk to me at the end of the service. (laughs) Number three PhD, never gonna happen. I'm over 40 and I don't think I have the time for PhD. I mean, you know, it's too old. In fact, my kids always tell me, you look like Father Christmas, my beard. Is becoming grey each and every year. Ah, if you want a PhD, may the Lord bless you. <laughs> That's not for me. <laughs> now, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21 says this: Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Many are the plans that we set up at the beginning of the year and year's resolutions. And the plans that we have as young people, as old people, for many things in our hearts. But you know the plan that never fails? It is God's plan. My plans, some of them will come to pass. Many will fail. But God's plan always prevails. And the Christmas story is a good and beautiful demonstration that Our God is unfailing because His plan prevails. Because the Christmas story did not happen on Christmas Day on the 25th of December. No, it happened before anything was ever created. The Bible says, before the foundation of the earth, the Lamb of God was slain. God, knowing you and I, before He made us, He knew that we were going to become sinners, we're going to sin and rebel against Him. And so He put forth a plan even before you committed your very first sin. Wow, don't you love the God who plans for you even before you come into existence? And that means you are not here by chance. You are not an accident. You did not evolve for monkeys. You are here because God wants you to be here at such a time as this. He has a beautiful plan for your life. Look out, his plan for you will prevail as long as you invite him into your life and ask him, what is your plan for me? You know, most of us, we make our plans and say, God, bless my plans. No wonder many of them fail. And I think the better question to ask is, God, what plan do you have for me? Because we understand that His plan never fails. Yep. So if we agree with God and we work in His plan, you will succeed wherever you go. Amen. His plan never fails. So the Christmas story is a revelation of God's plan that He initiated thousands of years before in Genesis chapter uh, 3. After Adam and Eve had sinned and here God is proclaiming certain curses and utterances to Adam and Eve and the serpent that embodied Satan he said this in Genesis 3:15 and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers he will crush your offspring will crush your head and you will strike his heel. This is a prophetic word talking about the coming of a Messiah in the future who would ultimately crush Satan. So in that moment God begins to show us the plan that he initiated before the foundation of the earth. And then later in Genesis 12 he calls Abraham and when Abraham obeyed he said, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make you into a great nation and through your seed I'm going to bless the world Abraham gave birth to Isaac Isaac Jacob became the nation of Israel ended up in Egypt as slaves God sends Moses to deliver them through Joshua they inherit the promised land and God said if you obey me I'm gonna be your God I'm going to cause you to be a light into the world but we all know if you read the Old Testament that they didn't obey God they turned away from God, and God said, If you turn away from me, I'm going to cause your enemy to overrun you. And that is the story of the Old Testament. But amidst that disobedience, we see that God always encouraged them. Even while he was punishing them, there was a prophetic word telling them that there's going to be a moment that his plan, the seed, the Messiah, was going to come. And so, to the prophets and Especially Isaiah, we see many prophetic words about Jesus. And the common word that we know around this season is unto us a child is given. To us a son is born or given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. You know that one Isaiah chapter 9. And then many prophets come, they keep on encouraging Israel even in their sin and disobedience, there's a word from the Lord. But there came a time in the life of Israel that everything changed. And I want to take my Bible. I know these days we don't carry these books because our Bibles and our phones, the AI generation is here. But I just want to show you something very profound. In this Bible, if you have the old fashioned Bible, Between Malachi and Matthew, there is a page. It's a blank page. Between Malachi and Matthew, this blank page represents 400 years of silence. There is no word from the Lord. God had promised his people a Messiah. God sent prophets over and over again, but there came a time for 400 years there was not a single word from heaven. 400 years of silence. Think about it. God, You would say that your plans prevail. How come I'm not hearing anything from you? Have you forgotten about my life? But God, you said that you never change. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. How come there's nothing that is happening in my life? You said, but my circumstances don't show what you said, what happened. 400 years of silence. I mean, I can't even understand 400 years because I've just lived for four decades. And I've gone through some seasons that I'm like, God, but you say, that you're the healer of my disease. I've proclaimed the word, I'm waiting upon you. How come your plan is not being fulfilled in my life? Friends, what you do in that moment when God seems silent matters so much. Because silence does not mean absence. Silence does not mean that God is inactive. Silence does not mean that God does not care for you. Silence does not mean that God is in heaven and you are on your own. As a matter of fact, in those moments when God seems silent, He is working behind the scene, orchestrating events and the things that don't make sense. God makes sense out of them. And when you wait for God's timing, God's plan will always prevail in your life because silence does not mean absence. Let me tell you what happened in those 400 years of Silence. God was setting the scene up for Jesus and the proclamation of the gospel. God allowed the children of Israel to be overrun by their enemies. Let me give you two of them. Alexander the Great conquered the known land, was a young general, very ambitious, conquered the known land and unified the whole land and gave them one language, Greek. Greek. Did you know? Our New Testament was written in Koine Greek. God used Alexander the Great to ensure the known world that day in that day, time knew a language through which the gospel would be written so that the world could be blessed by the Messiah. You didn't get that. At least you get the second one. Then came the Romans. The Romans were very strong militarily. They also conquered the land. They conquered the Greeks. And they did two amazing things. Three. Two. But I'll add a third one. One, they built infrastructure. They connected city to city. That's why we say all roads lead to Rome. And they made sure during their reign there was peace everywhere. They crushed all the rebellions and there was peace in the land. And it was those same roads that Paul and the apostles used to preach the gospel from city to city. And that accelerated the preaching of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see what I'm talking about right here? Silence does not mean absence. Let me give you another one here. In look. We read that Caesar Augustus called for a census for the Romans and the Roman Empire. Now, I think Caesar wanted to get more taxes. Hey, I mean, these guys wanted money. But for that census to happen, everybody had to go to their hometown to be counted or registered. Mary and Joseph saddled their donkey and they just went in obedience. They were good citizens. But in that command of Caesar to carry out the census, God was fulfilling the prophetic word that Jesus was going to be born in Bethlehem to fulfill his prophetic utterance in Micah chapter 5. Do you see what I'm talking about? When God seems silent, does not mean that God is inactive God is working out all things the good the bad the ugly he's orchestrating events behind the scene because all things work together for the good for those who love God and have been called according to his purpose because God's ways are not our ways even your enemies God will use your enemies to bring forth his plan in your life so instead of saying get behind me say and say God what are you trying to do in my life so when God seems silent. God actually is at work. I'm reminded of plays. We're going to be having cantata and there's going to be some scenes here. You know, in the old-fashioned theater, there are curtains. After scene one has ended, the curtains come down. And the curtains come down, people go and get some popcorn, go for a bathroom break. But at that moment, when the curtains are down, the producers are changing the set so that when you come back in for second set, everything has changed, friends. When the curtains seem to be down in your life, God is walking behind the curtain and he's setting you up because his plans (laughs) never fail. His plan always prevails. So do not despair, my friend. God can be trusted. Last week we said that His word will come to pass. And the same is true for His plan will always prevail because His ways are not our ways. So, what what should you do in light of understanding that? Number one, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Those that wait on the Lord he will renew their strength. Wait on the Lord. Trust God's timing. You see in Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 he said when the set time had fully come when the set time by who by God not by man when the set time had fully come God sent his son born By a woman under the law to be, to redeem all of us when the set time had come. You know, friends, there's two kinds of times. There is our time and there is God's time. Our time is 24 hours. God's time is beyond our time. He sees the end from the beginning. He knows your future. You don't know your future. Trust Him because He knows when that plan is going to come to pass. Trust God's timing. Don't trust your timing. We can learn from Abraham and Sarai. They didn't trust God's timing. They thought they were helping God. And they got an Ishmael. And some of us, you have some Ishmaels in your lives and your life is a hell right now. Trust God's timing. If God says, I'm going to do it, he's going to do it. Just wait on the Lord. David said, I remain confident in this. I will wait on the Lord. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land. the living trust God's timing for you, single person don't just look for anything that just shows up trust God's timing hey you married couple you man who's looking for a boy trust God's timing he is in charge of your life trust God's timing recently in our papers in Uganda here there was a 70 year old that gave birth to twins Come on, there's a competition to say right in our generation. Come on, Don't tell me your eggs are burning out. Come on, just trust God. He is able to open the wombs of a 70-year-old. He can do it for you in Jesus name. Trust God's timing. Do not help God. God is big enough to help himself. Secondly, be fulfilled by God, not the plans. Be fulfilled by God himself find your fulfillment in him you see all of us and this is true for all of us even me by nature we live in the future you are here right now but you're thinking what am I going to eat we worry a lot about the future and we think that happiness is in the future Oh, when I get my child, I'm going to be happy. When I move into my house, I'm going to be happy. When we get an LED screen, we are going to be happy. Pastor Brian. (laughs) When I get a PhD, I'm going to be happy. When I get married, it's always in the future, in the future. But friends, this is the irony. Every time you get to that place, it looks like that place has moved to another place. That place called there is elusive. We think happiness is there. Happiness is in a marriage when I get married. When I get healed, when I grow up, it is always in the future. Let me tell you, if you are unhappy today, you are going to be unhappy there because God did not make you to be fulfilled by the things that He has created, God made you to be fulfilled by God Himself. If God is not enough right now, God is never going to be enough in your life. So be happy today, even as you plan for tomorrow. Be fulfilled by Jesus right now. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the process. Come on, somebody. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to enjoy my day today because Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He is right here, right now. Come on, single person, be happy right now. Sick person, be content right now. In your situation, be fulfilled. Paul said, For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. He lived in the moment, even as he planned for the future, because he understood he had the greatest prize of all. And his name is Jesus, his name is Emmanuel. He said, God with us. Come on, let's celebrate him in this place because he is with us in the journey. He is with you in the pit, in the prison, wherever you are, he is right there. Let's not repeat the mistake the nation of Israel made. You know, when God was delivering the Israelites from Egypt, he said, let my people go so they may worship me. In the desert the people thought the destination was a place a place will never fulfill you they thought it was a place oh if we only can get there everything is gonna be okay they got into the place and they said we want their gods it wasn't enough the place wasn't enough the destination is never a place the destination is never a person the destination is never a thing. These are things that God gives to us to enjoy for a moment, but our ultimate destination is a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He said, let them come and worship me. Yes. Jesus did not come to save us just from sins. He came to save us to himself into a relationship because eternity is going to be when we enjoy Jesus 100%. I love the words of Pastor John Piper, he says that God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. That quote is almost equal to scripture, but I won't equate it to scripture. It's so beautiful. God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. So when are you going to be satisfied in him? Now, because he is here, come on, give him praise in this place, everybody. Don't you love that? Be fulfilled in him, because his plans prevail. They're going to come to pass. Don't worry. Even just say, don't worry about tomorrow. Today has its own issues for itself. Matthew chapter six. Don't worry about tomorrow. If Jesus came back tomorrow, a single person, have you failed? some of you have major plans for 2024 we have as a church if he came back tomorrow have we failed no. actually many of you are saying yeah it seems yeah because i want fast finish all things no jesus is the ultimate destination for all of us he made us for himself he's the one who completely and thoroughly fulfills every desire every emptiness in your soul that is why Jesus said seek first his kingdom seek him and his righteousness all the things are additions that house one day is going to burn <laughs> that job that career is going to end come on that person is going to die breaking news right Jesus is eternal. Not eternal when we die tomorrow, right now. Find your fulfillment in him now. And then lastly, surrender those plans to God. Plan and hold on to those those plans lightly. As we end this year, I know many of you are planners. Because what are the church people? You are planners. You plan to be here on time. And I plan to finish on time. (laughs) But the first thing you should do is say, God, what do you want me to be? in 2024 what plans do you have for me and then as you pray as you read scripture begin to write down the impressions it places upon your heart but again know that even those may not be from God straight there could be some desires you have and that's okay present them to God but get ready that the fun is not in the destination the fun is in the journey Because in the journey, God is forming you. God is making you more like Jesus. In the journey. Enjoy the process. Again, the angel said, Jesus, the son that was going to be born of Mary and Joseph, was going to be called Jesus. Because he would save the world from their sins. Jesus was born to die for sinners. When the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman and under the law, to redeem, to buy back those who were bound by sin to himself. Jesus was born on Christmas Day, to die on Good Friday for your sins. His mission was to seek and save that which was lost. And I'm so glad 24 years ago, upstairs, I came to the realization that I was a sinner. I acknowledged that I was broken. I was empty. I was looking for love in the wrong places, I was looking for fulfillment in the wrong places, and I was empty. And that life was meaningless without God. I acknowledged that I was empty and I said, God, here I am. Then I invited Jesus into my heart. He saved me 24 years ago and He's been saving me each and every day. I want to invite you to a relationship with Jesus today. You could be in this place and your life is meaningless, you're empty. You're broken in your life. You're chasing things and things seem to be fleeting. But as one who comes into our lives and wants to fulfill your deepest longings, giving you meaning, worth, significance. And his name is Jesus. I want to invite you to Jesus today. You could be in this place, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. It begins by acknowledging that you're a sinner, you're broken, you need Jesus. And then you turn to him as your only savior. And possibly you could be in this place as well. Your relationship is not where it needs to be. Maybe you turned away, you've been living your way, living for your own pleasure. But today, God is convicting you. He's saying, come back home, son. Come back home, daughter. I want to pray with you. Right in this room, online, on air, wherever you are. God is with you right there. He's drawing you to himself. Remember, Jesus came to die for our sin so that we could have a relationship with our heavenly father. So today, if you know in your heart that today you need to come back home to surrender your heart with Jesus, to Jesus, I want to pray for you. In this room, online, wherever you are, I would like us to bow our heads for a moment right now. Bow your heads. Let's pray, Father, I thank you that the Christmas story is only complete when the Savior dies and rises from the dead. And he died for us. He was born to die for us and instead of us. Because sin destroys us. And some of us in this place, we are bearing the consequences of our disobedience. Sin lies to us, promises so much, but ensnares us. But Jesus, you came to set us free from sin and the shackles of the enemy. And whoever acknowledges and reaches out to you as savior, you reach out and you save them. You set them free from sin. And they become your children. That is why you came on Christmas day. So if you're in this place, you're online, on air, you acknowledge in your heart, and you're believing in your heart today that Jesus is your Savior. You want to follow Jesus. If that is you, I just want to do, you to do one thing, just to signify what you're believing in your heart. If that is you, I would like you to raise your hand. In person, raise your hand. Online, click the link that has shown up. One of our leaders is going to engage with you on air. Send an email that is showing up on that screen right now. Raise your hand in this room today. Receive Jesus. Come on. Let's come to Jesus. He was born to save you. Raise your hand. Young, old. Lift up that hand down here. God bless you. Upstairs. God bless you online. God bless you. Keep clicking those links that are coming up. One of our leaders is going to get in touch with you because you matter. We are family. And we want to follow you up and pray with you. Lift up that hand wherever you are. I want to pray with you right now. Father, I thank you so much for everybody who's raising their hand. Who's believing in their heart today that you are the God who saves them. I thank you because forgiveness is available for those who acknowledge that they are sinners. I thank you that grace is available for those who reach out to you. And as many as receive you, you give them the power and the privilege of becoming your children. Heaven celebrates, and here on earth, we too want to celebrate the amazing miracles of salvation in this place. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, I do prayer, And everybody said... Amen and amen. Can we celebrate our friends that said yes to Jesus? Come on. Thank you for listening. We hope this encourages you to step into the new. Tune in next time as we delve into the Word of God. For comments and feedback or counseling, write to connect at watotochurch.com.